How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Live from downtown San Francisco, this is 95.7 The Game. Ah, make yourself a bowl of cereal, as uh, the kids say. Join us on this Sunday morning, Kevin Michael, Whitey Gleason, and the great Kyle Madsen, he of podcast and travel ball fame. Kyle, I, I know you're a huge baseball guy. Um, weird, weird night for both Bay Area teams last night. The A's with an inexplicable walk-off win over the Yankees and extras, and the Giants also win extras. And I know you were just going over the highlights again a moment ago. You called it one of the saddest losses you've ever seen. Yeah, Dominic Leone's body language was so bad he throws ball four low and then kind of just like palms to the sky and then this slow walk off the mound yeah it was such a like i don't have a fix for this guy sorry it was a charlie like, brown moment wasn't yeah, it like what do you want me to do yeah. it's like somebody it's the exact reaction i would have i'm not good at math fyi it's the exact re reaction i would have if stanford called and was like hey we need you to teach this calculus course i'd be like <laughs> Okay, like, oh, we'll go in there, I guess, but I'm not going to have any solutions for you. It would look like that. And it's, it was a perfect, I think, encapsulation. Like that Dominic Leone, palms of the sky, like sh half shrug, jaunt, saunter, yeah. saunter mm. back to the saunter back to the dugout. Mm, saunter, I think, is more kind of a jovial thing. This was not jovial. He slunk, he slunk Sl back. His his slink back yeah. to the dugout. Yeah. Just encapsulated what this giant season has been since May. It's kind of like, I, I guess. Even, I even Celestino's reaction was almost as interesting because he got the base load of walk to win the game, and he was like, okay, I guess we won. I mean, he didn't even really celebrate. He was like, really? We just won on that? And the Giants just continuing to get in their own way with some fundamental mistakes. We all talk like, you know, we're Casey Stengel or some of the fundamental mistakes, but clearly there have been a, way too many of them this year, uh, and there were way too many last night, and that's how the Giants end up losing a game that they looked like they were going to win when they led 2 to nothing in the ninth inning. That's a that's and that's been the biggest difference between the Giants this year and the Giants last year. 
Last year they weren't making the defensive error, the defensive mistakes. They weren't walking people at the rate that they're walking people. They came up big in every big spot, whether it was Jake McGee or Camilo Doval or whoever in that spot in the night. Giants two nothing like night night. This game's over. Pack it up. Let's go. But that's not been the case this year. And time and time again, we get how many times have you watched a Giants game this year and gone? That's that's a game they win last year. Yeah, um, I, I bet there's 12 or 15 games. I was going to go higher than that, but you're right. Yeah. And then last night you have, I, again, I'm not Jim Leland or something, but to me, Kyle, you played travel sure. ball. You've played at a much higher level than I ever well, played. Yeah. I did have four Thank hits you. in a men's softball game, fast pitch when I was 15, but that's about, that's about as high as I ever got in anything <laughs> resembling baseball. So you got 10th inning. All right. The, the twins come back. They tie it. Uh, there was a little bit of an issue there, perhaps on the relay that Crawford didn't know where to throw the ball, which is weird. But uh, can that I, as a bet, yeah. Can that's another one of those like I I hate calling it little league mistakes, but that's for for lack of a better term, that's what we're going to use. And you can't call it that because I haven't seen anybody in the Little League World Series do anything close to that. It's a great point. It's it's it looks like it looks like something you'd expect in spring training. That's better. I don't want to call it. Little. It's like a spring training mistake. Like, hey, these guys are new. They haven't, they're still figuring it. Like, no, this is Brandon Crawford yeah. cutting off a relay throw, which is the right move. They had two runners hung out to dry. It's like a high school drill where, how do we do the relays? All right, we'll go through it here. And all right, here's what we did wrong. You know, Evan, you got to tell Craw where to throw the ball or somebody's got to tell him because he's got, got his back to the plate. Yeah, it looked like, it looked like a botched relay drill where you're yes. learning how to handle like, them. Okay, here's what happens if yeah. you have two runners yes. caught, but then they just didn't do anything. Oh. It was it was it was the perfect like not perfect in a good way, but it was just the it just fundamentally showed what's wrong with this version of the San Francisco Giants. They're not putting the fun in fundamentals. I don't <laughs> just, mean to be, you just know, just the dementals. A shock jock or anything. They need to put the fun in the fundamentals. You know, a week ago, yeah, exactly. The texture's right. Giants need to uh, get that uh, Tom Amansky video. They need to all sit down. It's Guys are watching the Amansky. Yeah. It's a great time. Text of the day nominee Very there good. for the 650 uh, 888-957-9570. 10th inning, Kyle. Um, you've got, all right, we're tied. You've got Luis Gonzalez just brought up. He's on second base. Brought him back up from AAA. And all right, here we go. Ground ball to third. There goes Gonzalez. Where is he going? He's out. That's your, I, I think it's important to get that run home there in that situation. Mm -hmm. Your ghost runner, zombie runner, whatever you want to call him. And you just, it's hard to survive, A, him not scoring, but B, him basically running into an out. That is, what? you can't. Like, you cannot. Do you remember the very first I, I hate calling it the ghost runner. I'm out on ghost runner. Ghost runner is what automatic you do when you runner, don't have, automatic zombie runner. Zombie runner because he's really dead and he's back. Yeah, I, I, that that works. Ma the Manfred man. I love that one. <laughs> that one's very good. I, I'm out on ghost runner though. Ghost runner is what you do when you don't have enough players to fill the bases and have a batter. But anyways, well said. I agree with you. Thank completely. you. So that happened on the on the on the very first extra inning games with the with the Manfred man at second. It was A's Angels, Otani on second, hard ground ball to Matt Olsen at first. He picks it up. He's like, oh, throws the third. That's excusable.
because that was just an incredible defensive play. And it's a ground ball to the right side. Right, right. That yeah. you're taught, it, FYI, you're taught in the, at the travel ball level. Um, and Shohei probably played <laughs> a little bit of travel ball. That he, maybe. So you're you're taught when that you ground ball behind you, you're gone. Unless it's a forced play, but this wasn't. So ground ball behind you, you're gone. If it's in front of you, you hold. If a ground ball is short and you can make it behind you, you go, right? So there's no scenario. I don't, this is what I don't understand. Is like ground ball to third. There's no scenario where you're ever taught. Go. Right. The, 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 the not tagging up or the getting too far off a bag on a ball you thought was going to drop. Okay. You made a bad read. That, okay. This is a like, there's no level that you're taught. You're on second, nobody behind you, run on a ground ball to third. It's like blind panic or I really, you know, you pointed out a few already. He's had some base running errors this year and I am not making light of this. This is not a joke. I honestly wonder if he has some, you know, tension deficit issues or something. I've seen that with baseball players in the past who've done some of these things. Like, how do you do that? And some people have a really hard time just focusing. I wonder if something like that is at hand. And I don't mean that in any way as a criticism, sure. but I'm trying to figure out why, how does that happen? It's, it's, I, I can see a situation where you get on second base. Your team was just up to nothing. This is a team that won 107 games last year. You're in the thick of the wild card race. Your team was up to nothing. Now it's two, two it's top 10 and, or, or you're in extras and you're right top 10 you're right you're you're on second and you want to just make a play like hey you know what i'm just gonna i'm gonna make a play here i'm gonna be the hero and that's just that's okay like if you're gonna make a good aggressive base running error on a base hit to left and you're like i'm gonna try and score i'm gonna force them to make a play right i'm gonna but that's not even what this is i agree with everything you said there except the part about them being in the thick of the playoff well i mean chase that's probably what they're saying yeah. going into. Okay, game. sure. I heard a promo calling them the wild card craving giants. I bet they are. <laughs> Is that what it's come to? I'm craving. I'm they're, craving they're, prime rib. That doesn't mean I'm going to have they're it. Seven today. and a half out, but they crave the wild card. Okay. No, it's a. Uh, and that has happened so often this year. And obviously, the knee jerk reaction is, "It's Kepler. What's wrong with Kepler?" Um, it's just. Uh, I, I think the baseball god said. Okay, the rent is due this year on your 107 wins. All right, guys, it ain't gonna be pretty, and I think that's part of what we're seeing. Right there's a there's a there's a natural regression that was gonna happen. I think anybody with a real ex, realistic expectation of the Giants went in this year going. <laughs> my, one of my favorite bits was, I don't think they're gonna win 107 again. Right, like that's I mean, just yeah, so, yeah. But but even, I heard a guy last year on this station point out Buster Posey's not going to hit 385 all year, and I think it was you, and you were right about it's that. It's a great too. point by yeah, me. I yes, was right. Thank yeah. you. So and hey, FYI, don't think the Giants are winning 107 this year. So they the the thought was okay, even if they regress 13 wins, they're at 94. Like that's it. At 15, they're at 92. That's going to get them into the playoffs. You're in a good spot if you're winning 92 games. So they've hit that regression and then just injuries and these little boneheaded mistakes that I I mean you can go to go to Brandon Crawford not not just on the on that relay but that ball against the the Tigers it's like man you know what that's a play Crawford probably makes in the in the fifth inning that hard tough play 
would have been a good play, but that's a play that you've come to expect Brandon Crawford to make. And it's just not happening. So there's the natural regression that was supposed to happen. And then they're falling back into this team that it's like, oh, they're not very athletic. And you know what? They're kind of old. And mm-hmm. oh, none of their top prospects are here. What is that? Like, it's they look like a race last year. And you look at what this team, it's like, oh yeah, they're about what they are. Yeah. Like this is just it. Yeah. I um hmm. I I I I get frustrated when people complain about the platooning. I understand it, but I think people act like that's the problem. They platoon too much. It's terrible. I mean, <laughs> I've heard people who know a lot about baseball saying that. I understand why it's frustrating, but that's not the problem. There have been some really good teams throughout baseball that have platooned successfully. More recently, Tampa Bay has had a lot of success. The Giants did last year. The Giants uh, have seen the Dodgers have a lot of success with it last few years. But here's a problem. It's not the platooning. It's the reason they have to platoon. They yes. don't have very much talent at the major league level. Farhan Zaidi has done a really good job so far. Look at last year. But that's been his failure to this point. The fact that the Giants don't have more talent at the major league level, that's on him and his staff through the minor league system, uh, the draft, whatever. There's many different ways to acquire players, and they haven't done a good job of upgrading the roster. They just haven't. That's why they have to platoon because they're trying to cover weaknesses. Right. It's that, right. The platooning over. Yeah. Yeah. Platooning is a symptom. S- right. A symptom of the problem. Yes. And Farhan even said he was on on the TK show and he said, like, we would love to have nine guys that were in the game every day. But realistically, we don't have that level of talent. Right. So they don't that he's piecing together a roster based on the resources he has and what he has available. If Joey Bart is going to continue to hit like this, guess what? Joey Bart's going to play every single day next year. Well, not every day. You know, he's a catcher, but he's going to catch it. Right. I I sure was in in travel ball. Yeah. Yeah. So me and Joey Bart, I, I know what he's going through. So, but I'm joking in case anybody's not catching that. So, I don't think would, he was joking, they would, by the they, way. And I'm sitting right across from him. He they, everybody. <laughs> if they sign Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge isn't platooning. He's going to hit against everybody every day. Center fielder Aaron Judge. Oh, mm, I don't know if I like that. But and by the way, get Korea too while you're at it, right? To play short. Yeah, why not? Yeah, like right. And Carlos Correa would play every day. Yeah, like that's it. That that's this is and not trade for Otani too while you're at it. Why not? I'm in. This is great. <laughs> I love the team building here. But no, if they had, but it's that's easy. that's just it. If they had players like that, and at some point, if if this works, if Farhan's vision works, in by 2024, they're gonna have. Se- three, four, five players that they see as building blocks. And then the platoon stuff is where they will mix and match and fill in the rest of their lineup. Where you're platooning maybe two, three spots in the order instead of eight. Right. And that's that's the goal eventually. So do they platoon too much now? Like, yeah, but they have to. Right. That's not going to be the strategy moving Playing forward. Jock Peterson more against lefties is not the answer. Right. It'll be. It'll look more like normal, quote unquote. But that's not. He's not. It's not. He'll make better more for outs. Them. Yeah, right. their left-handed hitting is really bad right now. Yeah, I know. If you play JD Davis more against righties, I know a lot of people want to want them to do that. I, I just don't know if that's the answer. Uh, as far as the minor league system goes, I know that Farhan this week has been touting 
Uh, hey, we got some prospects. They've been really good at AAA. Want to bring them up here, not just to bring them up in September, but you know maybe they can contribute here in some meaningful games. They got VR. We've seen him already, and I think he's 25. And they got a guy they like named Isan Diaz, who's 26. And they're yeah, they're both having nice years in the Coast League, uh, kind of third base, second baseman types. That's fine, but that's again, that's another indication that ooh, they don't have nearly as much ready. In terms of farmhands coming up, or, or were you the one that made up the far Farhan system farm? Anyway, um, anyway, no, but that's really good. Yeah, but that. I think it might have been Dibs. Anyway, th that's what you've got. Oh, these guys are hot at AAA. Twenty six and twenty five year olds. Those are your top prospects. That's not good, right? When you see, and this is like farm. That can was be the turn farmhan. Yeah, that can be fine if you have a 25, 26 year old that's going to come up and get some at-bats here and there, like, that's that's okay. Like, that's not end-of-the-world stuff. But if they're going to be competitive with the Dodgers and with the Padres and with the... They're going to start... They're going to need these, these phenoms at 20, 21, 22, just blowing the minors away and being major league ready that quickly. Yeah. If they're going to get into this cycle that Farhan talks about where you're able to... You have a farm system that is just churning out major league talent that you can use in trades to acquire guys and then fill in your roster. And if they're going to do that, they need to start get, getting guys up at 21. 20, and maybe Kyle Harrison is the start of that. Yeah. I, think he, I think he just turned 22 earlier this month. So it, maybe it starts there, but they have to they have to get to that point because if you've got if you've got Luciano and, and Matos and all those guys coming up when they're 25, 26, like that, that's just not as helpful as if they're coming up at 21 or 22. Right, yeah. And if you're going to compete with the Dodgers, it looks like, especially if you don't want to spend the money, then you're going to have to develop those stars yourselves. And, and you know, they're not doing it to this point. They just haven't nope. been doing it. It's not easy. And I guess it was uh, Allen who came up with uh, Farm Han. But oh, not yet. Okay. We can't call him that now because the farm system has been terrible. But so, not been productive. At least it's not. It, it hasn't. It hasn't grown at the rate we thought it would. And Farhan continues to blame the pandemic season for that. And I get it. You lose a basically. You lose an entire season of minor league baseball for an 18, 19, 20 year old that's that's still developing. Like that's a big year. But like, how long does that excuse work? If if this if this group of players is not going to be productive in the majors or be all-star caliber players in the majors. Like that's bad. You can't it just happens. go, you can't, yeah. right. You can't just go, well, the, because everybody dealt with the pandemic year. Yeah. And other teams are figuring it out. Like that's a, that's, that's a, a bad, bad look. And that can't be an excuse that allows him to go through another entire rebuild of the farm system. Yeah, it happens. It's not easy, but that's one of the reasons why they're in this situation. I think this is a really good, uh, text from Ernie, but I'm not sure because I don't know that much about farming. Farmhand spends more time tilling the field than planting. Does that than planting? Does that make sense? Is that oh. a, tilling the? Uh, I don't know. I have to watch YouTube videos to change my headlight, so that's probably not. I'm gonna a Kyle nod question. like knowingly, like yeah, boy, like, I'll totally. say, but I'm not. I just don't know. I don't think Ernie would play us like that. No, I, yeah, I'm, you're right. You're right. A text of the day nominee there, Ernie from Concord. <laughs> hey, you know, it's kind of a tradition when you and I uh, do a show together that at some point it seems like something disparaging about the A's pops up on its own. I don't know how that happens. You do it. 
I, you no, literally I do it every think, time. I don't think you, that's fair. You've dragged Terrence Long in my presence. You've dragged Frank Manichino in I my presence. Believe you're a ter- you I have dragged Terrence Jeff Long. Tam in my presence. It's outrageous. I mentioned Terrence Long. You're like, oh, he was great. You're like, whoa, okay. No, uh, I said T Long was my guy. Well, that's good. Okay. Was he awesome? No, but he had a two run homer at a game I went to for my birthday All once. Right. So shout out to him. I got you. I got you. I uh, what two. I was going to say before you jumped on my, my my bowl of cereal, was that I don't think that's going to happen today because how about the A's last night? Also an unlikely win. It was over the Yankees. That's another one of these. I'm watching the game like, wait, I think the A's just won. They're, they tie the game uh, with the Yankees like 0-0 after 9, which hasn't happened between those two teams, Kyle, since honestly, I think 1920-something? Like nine scoreless between the A's and the Yankees? It's That I did not see, but I would buy that for sure. It was the first time in A's history that they allowed one or fewer hits in an 11-inning game. Really? They allowed one hit to the New York freaking Yankees in 11 innings with a guy named Adam Aller on the hill who went into the game with like a six-plus ERA. And that's five and a half or something. He's crushing it. (laughs) So they tie the game. Stephen Vogt hits a home run. They tie the game. What? Yeah. And he was so... It was like... Huh. Okay. He had a bunch of family in the stands, which yeah. is a super cool moment for him. And then the bottom of the, was it, must have been the bottom of the 11th? Is yeah. that right? And they got two on and one out, and somebody hits a little weak little ground ball. Uh, their highest paid player, Chad Pinder. Chad Pinder. Okay. Yeah. Just a little nub job. And it's over to second. LeMahieu makes the throw to first, and he throws it away. And the are going to win the game on a weak ground ball to shortstop. What? Now they had to review it. Because contact was made with LeMahieu when he threw the ball the first, but he was standing. He put his foot right in front of the base. Of course, there was contact, and the uh, umpires quickly ruled, yeah, it's uh, no violation there. The A's win. So they won the game over the Yankees uh, on a ground ball, walk-off ground ball to short. If you were were making a cut-up of, like, routine double play balls, like, that one is on there. Yeah. If you're saying, hey, here's what 10 routine double, like that ground ball by Pinder, slow roller, just to the le- uh, just to the left field side of the second base yeah. bag, shortstop, gets it in motion towards yeah. second. Second baseman's got time to grab it. Not a particularly fast runner. He got time to, and just sailed it. Yeah. I just pulled it. I guess he pulled it left, but really, really wild. Ace like, win! Ace win! And it, yeah, good, good for, good for, the, good yeah. for them. Yeah, exciting young team. So I know Shout right now, yeah, not a lot of people around here are super excited about baseball, but just a strange night and a couple of very strange games for the A's. One of the fair to say, one of the highlights of the season last night. Oh yeah, for sure. Beat the Yankees. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and also just Stephen Vote, just real quick. Remember when he first came up in 2013 with the "I believe in Stephen Vote" chant? Do I? Yeah. And that chant started. Because he had been a, he was 28 by the time he came up in 2013. He had zero hits in the majors. He'd, He'd had, been with Tampa Bay a little bit, hadn't he? Had he? Tampa Bay, 27 played appearances with Tampa Bay in his age 27 season. So when he got to the A's, we were just talking about 25 year old prospecting. This guy's ancient mm-hmm. by by quote unquote prospect standards, right? And just kind of a just a guy. So he came up, had no major league hits. Finally, he gets his first, and it was this I believe in Stephen Vote thing, which is like we've seen a million of this player with the A's. Where they come up, hey, they have this nice little week, and then they fade back into obscurity. They're up and down, and then they're gone. 
Steven Vogt has just really quietly carved out like this 10-year major league career. He's a yep. two-time All-Star. He's a World mm-hmm. Series champion. Mm-hmm. It's really, really cool. It really is. And then he has the big home run last night with his family in the stands. Just a sneaky, awesome like story and player. Let me ask you this. I have a neighbor two houses down that I got to know a little bit during the pandemic because I'm walking my dog and he's out, you know, during the pandemic. It's like, we've lived uh, close to each other for 20-something years, never knew each other. He's a big Yankee fan. I may have told you about my friend. Uh, Anyway, big Yankee fan. His dog is named Andy Pettit. His dog is named Andy Pettit. That's a weird dog. That's his full, they they go, Andy. Yeah. Weird dog name. And I go ahead. You know, there's something about and he pet it. Ha ha ha. There's there's that whole angle to it too that I don't completely understand. Hey, I hate your neighbor. (laughs) I'm out. Really, and it's a, a female dog. Really sweet dog. Anyway, just saw her Friday and I was talking to my neighbor. He's like, yeah. Watch for me at the at the ace game. I'll be behind the Yankees dugout going down. So he was there last night. So when Perfect. I see him tonight or tomorrow, I'll walk the dog. Do I just let it go? Do I stick the needle in a little bit? Or do I throw him something and go, hey, here you go. Whoa, it throws it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do how do you play that? No, I, I think if it was I think you would you would be obligated to say something if that game mattered at all. But matters I, I don't to think, him. Does it? Yeah. I mean, ask him. Yeah. Here's what. Okay. Okay. You're right. You're right. Because he's behind the dugout. Ask him if he had a chance to catch the ball that LeMahieu threw away. <laughs> like, hey, did that throw get to you? Yeah. Like, you were there. <laughs> That's a good one. That's what I think. Did you bring your glove? That LeMahieu throw had to be close. <laughs> That's what I would go with. Yeah. Tough loss for the, for the, you know, pinstripers, although they don't wear them on the road. Can I just tell you real quick, one of my pet peeves about Yankee fans is when they go to a game Please. and you see them, and it drives me crazy. It's driven me crazy for years. You go to an A's game, you got these people, and they're so, oh, I'm a big Yankee fan. Look at me. And they'll have like a number seven jersey, and it'll have mantle on the back. Brutal. It's like, dude, the Yankees don't have names on the back. If you have a number five Yankee jersey and it says DiMaggio on the back, you're kind of ruining the whole thing. And all you're telling me is that you're not a Yankee fan at all. You're a moron. So here's, here's I, I went, I, again, not to brag, I've been to a game at New Yankee Stadium. Are you kidding me? I swear. And Yankees-Mets, Russell Martin hit a walk-off. It was a great time. I think Jason Bay went like 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. But there were so, so many this people. this is a while ago. I thought you just yeah, went no, this is, no, this Russell is, this Martin. Is, yeah, this is, no, this is, this is 10 yeah. years ago. So I was, when, when I used to have that same thing about, because my only interaction with the Yankees fans is at the Coliseum. I'm like, I'm like, your grandfather was from New York, so you're you yeah, you yeah. and your family have been in San Francisco your whole life, and you're yeah. a Yankee fan. Like, ugh. But anyways, that's fine. I'm not here to be the fan police, but ugh. But <laughs> I would always I would always dog those people and be like, you you don't even like you have a name on the back of your jersey, you, like you have a Mark Teixeira jersey with Teixeira on the back, and you're trying to talk yes. to me like get yes. out of here. Yeah. But then I go to Yankee Stadium, and they're everywhere, and that's because that's what like they sell in the team store. Huh. It's not like they sell these blank jerseys in the team store. Like, no, man, that's that's what they do. And I, I'm guessing it's because the Yankees are just such a massive brand that people just, you know, th- the number five Yankee jersey doesn't, like, hit the I same guess. way for the casual fan that it, it needs to say DiMaggio better, on the back. I understand. It would be better than that, right? I am with you. Yeah. I'm totally with you. Mm-hmm. 
Very disappointing. Uh, on the text line here, the Comcast business text line, regards to the Giants from the 707, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. With yeah. This. Oof. Yeah, yeah, the 707, the seat of all knowledge and wisdom, right? That's correct, sir. Okay, yes. thank you. Yeah. Said, said the, the, that texter also said, besides money, the most valuable thing is time, and the Giants are a waste of time right now. That's the worst spot to be in for a major league team, and I think that's, that's the same. They're boring. Like, yeah. they just, there's not, no, I'm not turning on the Giants game and going, man, I need to lock in tonight. It's just kind of like, all right, the Giants game's on. We've, we're have we seeing more Giants apathy than we've seen in a while, huh? yeah. which is the worst thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 888-957-9570. Uh, Coming up, um, we'll take a look <laughs> at the new schedule that we'll get next year in Major League Baseball. And Steiny's hero, Rod Carew, going after the commissioner. Have you guys talked about this? No. Yeah. Rod Carew going after the commissioner, saying analytics have ruined the game. The commissioner's response next. It's Kyle Madsen, Whitey Gleason, and you on this Sunday morning on 95.7 The Game. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. You should call him Farm Hawk because he fixes all the farm systems. I'm all gonna right. get that moving. Okay. See, how, see if that there takes you go. Off. It started right here at 1023. If you hear yeah. it later, you knew Alan Styles coined that. All right. And if it's terrible, get a Alan's, trademark. If it's terrible, then Whitey Gleason coined that, not wow. me. Now back to 95.7 The Game. Hey, that's right. That's right. It was Alan Styles that came up with Farm Hand. I think, hmm, is it gonna stick? Or is it just sticky? Is it going to stick? Like, yeah, it's great. Or is it going to be, oh, farm on. It'll be forgotten like most of, most of the things that had to do with this giant season. I think Alan could own a floor store called Alan's Tiles. I think he could.
Yeah, he's got that to you know to fall back on in case this thing totally. doesn't quite. <laughs> that's, that's a three. That's good to have for him. It's Kyle Madsen, Kevin Michael Whitey Gleason, eight 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 nine five seven nine five seventy Comcast Business Text Line. We're gonna get to the 49ers, of course. And in fact, coming up top of the hour, has Kyle Madsen become a 49er? Dare I say, apologist? We're gonna dive into that a little bit coming up top oh, of the hour. I can't wait for yeah, that. Yeah, what's that about? Oh, we'll do a full examination and uh, investigation into that on the text line here. Any minor leaguer coming up first at age 25, 26 is not a prospect. Johnson number three in Forbes valuable MLB teams. The team talent they're fielding now is inexcusable. Trying to make sense of this baseball season on both sides of the bay after we had really uh, entertaining games, crazy finishes for both the A's and the Giants last night. Giants just an absolute heartbreaking loss in Minneapolis. They don't get to Minnesota much, and they're not having a very good time in this series so far. Yeah, and it it felt like this was a stretch of games where it was like, hey, they can really pick up some ground. And they just... Target field looks really nice, though. Mm Mm-hmm. I really want to get out there. Well, what surprises me a little bit is the vibe they have there. And I know they're chasing down the Guardians, but uh, I know a lot of people, and I know you know you, you produce the show, Dibs and, and Willard. I know they were talking about San Diego after the trade. There was such a vibe in, in, the, mm-hmm. in the building, and they're, they're not playing as well since then, although they have one two in a row. But Minnesota, my point is, watching Minnesota is like, they seem like they really are having a good time there. Yeah. Yeah, and I kind of miss that around here. Same. I went to a I went to a a Nationals Mets game. Or, or, this is early in the season. This is in May. This is when I went to visit DC, and the area around the ballpark can just do wonders. Like you get off the you get off the. There's a train that pulls up th- th- half a block from the front of the stadium, and the entrance to the stadium opens up into downtown, and there's just bars everywhere. And the vi- the vibe is just great for a Mets uh, Nats game in the middle of May. The Nats at that point weren't you know very good, and Juan Soto was still with the team, but it was still a really good time. And I think a lot of that has to do with with what's going on outside of of the stadium. But it definitely helps to have exciting players to report to. Yeah, I know. A week ago, I was on with Chuck. And he and I had a funeral for the Giants, so I guess we shouldn't be surprised that they're not playing well. It's just you see them lose the way they lost last night, and that was a little bit surprising. It wasn't at this point for me. They stink. I know they stink, but still, I mean, Gonzalez trying to get from second to third but and how many, tenth how many, on a ground ball to the, third. The fi- that surprised me a little bit. The 510 on the on the Comcast business text line, 888 says, when are you guys going to realize that the San Francisco Giants are going nowhere this year? You guys see talking about them, and it seems like Groundhog Day every day. And that's that's why this isn't surprising. Because, look, the Giants had another base running error. Oh, another defensive lapse. Oh, they can't pitch. Like, yeah, that's just what this team is, man. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not a that's magical true. run. There's not a magical run to be had. They are seven and a half out of a playoff spot. With the Padres and the Brewers ahead of them, both of those teams are better than them. They need to win at one point it th- through most of August. I was like, yeah, they win eight out of 10, 10 out of 12. Like they can really get back. They got a lot of but games left with the Padres. They got, they have, let's see, 61 said math, 125. So they have what, 37 games left? That sounds right. They need to go like, like 30 and seven to have a shot. And that's just, 
Is there anything outside of, well, last year to say that they're going to do like, no, they're cooked. I know. I understand that. I understand that. But still, it's like, wow, it went from so dramatically, incredibly, historically awesome last year to this year just being like, oh, what is that? It's a little surprising. Like you said earlier, expected regression. But to see them just look at times like, wow, they forgot how to play baseball. That's surprising. Uh, One thing that's going wrong with the Giants, and I think Grant Brisby was the first to point this out, everyone says, hey, starting pitching is the problem. Starting pitching is great. Oh, the bullpen is terrible. Okay, but how many innings are they getting out of the starters? Right? Uh, Other than, you know, and Webb's struggling a little bit right now in Rodon. But like last night, uh, Cobb pitched well. We'd go five innings, I think. So I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, he did his job. Well, when you have starters, and some of this is the starter, and some of this is the way that, you know, they're running um, the pitching staff. If your starter's only going five innings, then you, the, the bullpen has a pretty heavy load they have to pick up. Right, and that's when you're... And it also puts... Not only puts puts the onus on the bullpen and starts taxing bullpen arms, uh-huh. but it puts your manager in a bad spot where you're now having to have your manager go win games for you. And that's not sustainable. Like, you just... They, you can't... They hit... Every correct note last year, and it worked out for them and cool. But that's a really unsustainable model where it's just like, yeah, we're going to play these numbers and I'm going to pull the right strings and I'm going to push all the right buttons because look, you can look at the spreadsheets and analytics give you an idea of outcome where if, hey, we have a there's a right handed pitcher for 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 the opponent and I have a guy that hits righties. It's 850 against righties and a guy that hits 110 against righties. Hey, the guy that hits 850 against righties is going out there. But if he's just not seeing it right now and he's struggling, like it doesn't guarantee like he's not going to go for sure get a hit. And you can't manage your bullpen like, hey, we're going to play this matchup and this is going to work over 162 games. It's going to work every time. Like, no, it's it's just it's not like at some point you need a starter to just go eight. Yeah. And you need to get started to go seven. Here's our eighth inning guy. Here's our ninth inning guy. Those are our shutdown guys, no matter what. And we're going to get him the ball. You know what the Giants were like last year? You reminded me of this a moment ago when you said they hit all the right notes. I don't know if you've ever heard of these people. There, uh, there's been books about them. This actually happened. Sometimes you'll have some person, and they're just some average person, and they get hit by lightning or hit by a truck mm-hmm. or something, and then the next thing you know. They're a concert pianist. Have you heard? This is, seriously, this is actually yes. happening. That's yes. what the Giants were like last year. Like a bunch of guys, and whatever happened, beesh, oh my goodness, they can do no wrong. And then right. this year, whatever that is, it's it's worn off. Somebody in the text line calls it aggression towards the mean. That's a great phrase. I don't yeah. know if that's a that's like a typo or a purposely used phrase, but aggression to the mean is yeah. really, really good. I'm, I'm sticking That's with that, That's very good for, yeah. from the 650. Uh, it's honestly the A's model, which is now what the Giants need to become from the 916. It is right now. The The difference will be if Marco Luciano's an, just awesome, all-star caliber player, that they'll pay him to keep him here. That's going to be the difference. And they've not gotten an opportunity, frankly, to show that yet. Like, but to to the nine one six's point, it's patchwork bullpen that everybody was getting outs last year. Well, they're not getting outs this year. So so now what do you what do you have in your bag? They don't they don't have anything. Patchwork starting pitching like Kevin Gosman was awesome for most of last year. And oh, here comes Logan Webb. Like like that's great. It's not it's not working this year. 
and your platoons and your Jock Petersons and your Darren Ruffs. Like it's just not, it's not happening. And your older players that you were hanging on to, figuring, well, we can't get much for them. We're better off keeping them, and then they'll, you know, look how mm-hmm. productive they were last year. Belt's not playing now. Of course, Posey's gone, and Crawford has not been great. So, you know, you, you've reached the point of diminishing returns with them as well. So, where do you go from here? Are they going to spend money this offseason? That's the real question. And there are a lot of people that think. They don't want to spend money. It's not Farhan. Farhan's job is to not spend money. That's what a lot of people think. We'll find out more about that in this offseason because they have the money to spend. Will they choose to spend it? The frustrating thing for me is, well, A, the, the money asset. And we'll see over the next couple of years what what the dis, what if there's a disconnect between ownership and Farhan and what exactly what restrictions he's working with. It doesn't sound like there's a lot because he's talking about we're going to be top 10 in payroll and we got to get back to that point and, and having players that we need to pay. Okay, so I don't think that's the case. But the frustrating thing with the Giants this year is anybody after last year could have taken a step back and gone, well, Brandon Crawford just had his best offensive season at age 34. Like When he had not pro- played a full season the year before. Right. Yeah. Like That's probably not something you can count on. Brandon Belt had his best year as a... And he's in his in his mid thirties, like I probably can't count it. But they did. And it was like it it felt like from afar, it was like, what no, you can't just you can't just go, oh well, Brandon Crawford, top three MVP candidate again. Brandon Bell, he's gonna hit 30 homers again. That was not realistic. I agree. It was not, and I guess you could say, like, well, the Brandon Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford's 21 season wasn't realistic. Like, okay, fair, but to do that back to back, like you're not to use your phrase, but you're trying to catch lightning in a bottle twice. And that's not, again, we're talking sustainability. Like that's not a sustainable model. Mm -hmm. And the fact they did nothing to insulate themselves from Crawford crashing back down to earth or Brandon belt, having health problems and crashing back down to earth. They did nothing to insulate themselves from that. Even though I think if you had asked any giants fan to be realistic, 19 out of 20 of them would have been like, yeah, they, they probably can't count on that again. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. Comcast Business. Text line. Let's go to Adam in San Francisco on 95.7 The Game. Adam, you're on with Kyle and Whitey. What's going on? Hey, guys. Hey. Uh, happy Sunday. Uh, I honestly, uh, Kyle, you kind of fired me up to want to call and just because of what you're talking about, the diet, this, how bad they are, this is who they are. And uh, and you're just speaking straight back to you on what just happened with the Brandons. Like, last year was their best year to truly make a deep run. And, you know, it, it was just the epitome of kind of Brandon Belt's career, though, right? Like, he's having his best career year, and his season ends on a bunch of attempts in Colorado. You know what I mean? It's just like, you just kind of throw your hands up, and you're just like, this is this is just who it is. But not only just catch lightning in a bottle twice, like banking on that, it's also the fact that you did nothing to, to, to you know, replace the star power of Posey and Bryant. Like, you yeah. just didn't. And that was my biggest, like, what are you doing to Farhan, to whoever, to, and I guess that's the other question is, who is really controlling who we get and who we go after and how much, like, whose fault is it, I guess, or finger to blame for this season? Because you have an excellent opportunity this upcoming off season with Aaron Judge available. I've seen all the interviews about him talking about the Giants. It's like, this is the biggest, like, you need to bring him here or, like, fans are going to get pissed. Yeah. Thanks, Adam. I think that's right. If there's an opportunity for for the Giants to get Aaron Judge, which it sounds like there's going to be, and maybe the Yankees throw 
500 million at him and it, it, he just doesn't really hit free agency. It's all based on what he really wants to do. Totally. Yeah. But if the Giants and this is what this is this is what and I think Adam makes a good point. If the Giants are tied to Aaron Judge, which they already are, and they're there and oh, they had him. He was in San Francisco for a visit. No, oh, they were down at Boudin and eating bread bowls and th- all those reports come out but then like, oh, signed at the Mets. Yep. Or oh, hey, you know what? Going to the Cubs or what? I mean, or, whatever. Worst case scenario. I don't think he's going to the Dodgers, but you get it. Like, like, but that's, but he signs anywhere else and it's going to be like Giants finished in second place again. Yep. And that's where, and again, Adam brings up who's really controlling who they get. I don't think we know right now. I think that this Giants ownership group is not, is not the type that would, I think they value winning enough that they wouldn't put those type of restrictions on, on Farhan. Like there's a cap. They're not going to be like, yeah, go spend a billion. But there's a there's a cap, but I think it's a reasonable cap that would put them in the top eight to ten in payroll. Yeah, that's going to be really really fascinating. If I agree with you, if Judge is available and the Giants, do we jump all the way in because there is that risk of if they don't end up with them, the backlash could be severe. Yes, given the current climate, I don't think they're going to keep Rodon. And I could be wrong, just trying to read between the lines here. Farhan has talked already about, well, you know, there were a lot of injury concerns with him. And we think that, uh, you know, he obviously he's pitched well. And we'll see where we are at the end of the season. To me, it's almost reminiscent of some of the things the Giants were saying last year about Bryant, which mm-hmm. to me, the intent there was to start laying the tracks for not bringing him back. Yeah, uh, And maybe they know that he does not want to come back here. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they're, they're able to bring him back. But to me, it sounds like, wow, they either don't want him or they don't think they're going to get him. But they have to do uh, something. Farhan's failure as far as signing free agents, you know, he can't. The free agent's free to go where they want. So mm-hmm. I don't blame him for the fact that they haven't spent more money. I'm sure he would like to spend more money. Um, but it is his uh, responsibility, the fact that the major league talent right now, it's not very good. And that's on him. And I doesn't mean that I'm not saying fire fire on, but that's been a failure to this mm-hmm. point. He's done a good job in a lot of ways, and I'm sure he's smart enough to turn this thing around. But right now, that's where it is. He and his staff have not brought in enough major league talent for this team to be as competitive as we all assumed they'd be this year. Yeah, and that's 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 where this gets tricky because it's like, yeah, this is this is definitely on Farhan to an extent, but what I'm looking at is, is this going to continue being a problem in 2023 and into 2024? Because if we start 2023 and we're looking at a roster that's very similar to this one and, and Rodon leaves and it turns out, yeah, you know what? The Giants just didn't want to pay him. Like, okay, the injury stuff, but like, you can't just keep do- <laughs> you yeah. can't just keep doing that. Right. Just going like, yeah, we signed this guy for a couple years, but you know what? Then he got too old. He was like, a good giant, but... Uh, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. You just can't... Like, at some point, you have to go get a Carlos Correa or a Trey Turner or a, or an Aaron uh, an Aaron Judge. Like, you have to... You have to... I get that they want to find those franchise cornerstones in their farm system, but it's like, hey, man, it's... it Like, you got to step on it a little bit here. Yeah, I agree with the texture who suggests the sad thing is it's not the Giants. It's not that they're not going to pay him. He wants out. I believe that. That'd be my guess is that he's not really interested in sticking around. That would be even more damning. Yeah. If that's just the case where where free agents just do not want to play in San Francisco, whether it's the locker room culture or the front office culture, whatever it is, whatever it is about playing for that team, like that 
would be a massive concern. Last year, remember, the chemistry was great. I was on a Saturday with maybe Shamari or, or Jason, and we were talking to um, we were talking to a writer who had done a book on uh, chemistry, and she had talked to Brandon Belt about the chemistry on the Giants. And Brandon Belt said last year's team, last year's team, the chemistry was better than the championship teams. And she said, why, why is that? And he said, because we don't have any blanks. We don't have any bleeps on this team. That was last year. It was Brandon wow. Belt, a veteran who had been on two of the championship teams, saying the chemistry was better last year. Somebody on the text line here is asking about, hey, the chemistry, is everything okay there? It doesn't seem like it's great this year, but maybe that's just a byproduct of losing. Yeah, down in San Francisco, ask the, ask the question that, that I was getting to, and I think it's a good one. Does Kapler have the team at his back? Like that's that's what there's no evidence that suggests like oh Kapler's lost the locker room. Like there's not like players out talking and stuff. But it it just and maybe it's because they're losing that it feels this way. Yeah, that could be. It really could be. That it just it, it feels like man, there's a disconnect somewhere. When platooning is working, it's like great, you're doing well, I'm doing well. When it's not working, nobody's happy. Right, but but. Last year, Buster Posey was in the lineup for the most part every day. Brandon Crawford was in the lineup every day and raking. Brandon Belt was hitting 29 homers. Like, when that's going on and then you're platooning around it like that, that's fine. But when it seems like you're doing it at every position, you got to blame you gotta blame something. And like, oh, these guys aren't good enough is the easy answer. But I think with with baseball, because the game is changing just so much and so rapidly, it's like, Oh, well, this team is bad because they have an analytically driven front office and manager. Right. Like, that's the mm -hmm. problem here. Well, that is a when, problem. When, but that was the solution 12 months ago. Mm hmm So, it, I don't know. Joan Ryan, by the way, was the writer. I apologize for not coming up with her name. She was the one who was on the air with Get this. away with it this time. Talked, okay. And talked about how Brandon Belt told her, this is the greatest chemistry we've ever had here. You mentioned analytics. So, quick here while we have a few moments. Rod Carew, who you may remember, a uh, great player. He and a bunch of Hall of Famers recently had dinner with the commissioner, Rob Manfred. I guess this is an annual deal. Uh, maybe it has something to do with when they induct people in the Hall of Fame. But anyway, Rod, normally what happens at this dinner, no one discusses. It's like between the players and the commissioner. Rod Carew, Steiny's hero, right? Steiny loves. Oh, he has two, yeah. not one, two Rod Carew t-shirts. Rod Carew just went uh, public with what happened in the meeting this year. And he says basically that he and a lot of other Hall of Famers, some of whom said, yeah, I don't want to really talk about it. They basically confronted the commissioner and said, analytics are ruining baseball. Keep in mind, these are guys that played you know, in the 70s, 80s. The game was mm -hmm. different. And they're like, hey, what are you going to do about this? And the commissioner apparently said, there's only so much I can do, and we've got some some things we're going to try next year with maybe banning the shift and the pitch clock. They're going to help. But Rod Crew and others were furious that they felt like the commissioner was saying, I don't, I don't really want to, I don't really want to talk about this. So how about that notion? I know a lot of people feel that way. I know the game isn't what it was, but are analytics ruining baseball? I just think that genie ain't going back in the bottle. There's just no way you're getting rid of analytics. Right. You're Teams are finding ways to gain an edge, and that's that's what they're doing. And this is the case with NBA. People say analytics are ruining the NBA. 
I don't think it's the case in football, but analytics are becoming much more of a thing. Like teams have analytics departments. Know, yeah, but we just don't know how they're right, factored right. in. Yeah. Um, and it's stuff like average depth of target, which is easy. That's like how far does the quarterback throw it? <laughs> like that's that's the so so it's very much prevalent. So I wouldn't say baseball is ruining or, or analytics are ruining baseball. Baseball's problem, and I think this is the biggest the biggest issue. It's not analytics. It's not the lack of balls and play. It's that when when baseball was super popular, it was the sport. Like basketball hadn't gotten popular yet, and and the NFL hadn't gotten popular yet. So you had kids growing up on on the streets playing playing ball, and they were Mickey Mantle, and they were Babe Ruth, and they were Bob Feller, and that's who they emulated. Well, now you have kids picking up a basketball and they're emulating Steph Curry instead. And they're throwing a football around it and they want to be, and they want to be Patrick Mahomes or they want to be Devonte Adams. Like our, our sports heroes for young people yeah. aren't baseball players anymore. They don't connect to the sport like that. And that's ba- like, I get this goes kind of beyond what, but to just put a blanket statement, like analytics are ruining the sport. Like, well, I mean, maybe to to some extent, but that's not baseball's problem. Like that's not that's baseball's not just pro- out of step. Pardon me, but I agree with you. Yes, and I want to see if Thank this you. is what you're saying because I agree with this. If it is, baseball's just more and more increasingly out of step with culture today. The way the game is, and we both love it, but culture's going a different way, just in terms of pacing. Um, uh, of, of the type of pleasure you get out of watching something. Baseball is just increasingly out of step with what we like to consume now for entertainment. Yes. Yeah, and I don't think there's any way you're ever going to reverse that. Right. And I and I I think that the fact the pushback against analytics in the in the sport is I think the the issue. Like baseball wants to be this thing that it was 70 years yeah, ago. It happened. And it's like, man, it's just like that's not gonna work. Who did you emulate when you were a kid? You talked about uh, young fans who they emulate oh, now man. as opposed to. So I had the a Jerry days. Rice jersey, and I was never like fast or athletic in any way, but I could always catch. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice is definitely my guy, baseball wise. Um, I was a weirdo, and when I was eleven, Upper Deck came out with this series of cards called Seventies Decade. Oh, and it was right. They, they, they're, they're the aesthetic of them is very seventies looking, but then it's just players from the seventies. Um, and so I was a big, like Brooks Robinson guy, <laughs> just 11 years old. Just, I would not just have guessed su- that. Super Nothing wrong with Brooks that. Robinson, South Bando. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I, I ran it. So you love third baseman apparently. Yeah. I try. Yeah. I wanted to play third base. And then, uh, and then as a catcher, um, Gary Carter wore number eight. So I was like, yeah, Gary Carter. Hell yeah. But I went to a Cubs Giants game when Gary Carter was on the Giants. So when would that have been? 90 something? Uh, 90 maybe? 80? Anyway, whenever year that was. And, you know, my wife's like, oh, Gary Carter, I know him. And I'm like, yeah, he's no good anymore. You know, he used to oh, be good no. at the Expos. And he had four hits that day. And every time I was like, <laughs> I thought you're, you know so much about baseball. That's yeah, incredible. he was just raking that day. But I'm a little older than you. When I was a kid, you know, I'd be like, hey, look at me, everybody. I'm Jim Thorpe. You know, stuff like that. It was- <laughs> <laughs> totally. totally. You know. uh, the guy, the batting stance. So there were there were some batting stance emulations that uh, Gary Sheffield was a very popular one. Yeah. The bat waggle. Ichiro 
was just coming up. When I first started travel ball, Ichiro had just come into the league. So uh, there's a lot of the Ichiro stuff. Is that like three travel ball references already? Uh, the four, I think. Okay. Not enough. In the first half. Not That's enough. That's a pretty good clip. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a lot of Ichiro and a lot of Craig Council. Oh yeah, that was. Remember, he had the really strange, weird, like uh, high. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, is that guy okay? Yeah, <laughs> but but and our coaches always say you stand, but but that's your stance. But everybody's getting to the same point. Everybody's getting to the same load point. Yeah. All right, then I'm going to stand like Craig Council. Yeah. Oh, that would be painful. How could you even stand it's like so that? Weird. Role? It's so weird. It's full All right. So we love you, Rod Carew, at analytics. Whether they're ruining baseball or not, they ain't going away. Uh, we got to go away for just a moment. When we come back. Been dying to get to this, Kyle. Uh, when did Kyle Matson become a 49er apologist? I have no idea what you're talking about. We'll dive into that next right here. I can't. What's a good tease? I'm going to stick around. On <laughs> 95.7 The Game. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.